everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 477 being recorded on uh, November 29th, 2017. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. <laughs> I'm Alan Malventano, and there's some other people over here laughing and giggling. And, and Ken and Alex and Jim and Josh is apparently the 13-year-old kid on the 13-year-old girl on the podcast. I always I, I knew that was the Asian case, really. Girl. Mm. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Uh, welcome. I'm sure everybody missed us. We didn't have a show last week because of Thanksgiving. Did we have a show the week before? Yes. Yes. Was I on it? Yes. Oh, okay. See, in here I thought I was missing many consecutive weeks. Well, if you didn't do it this week, you would have missed last week, this week, and next week. There's a chance I get on 478. Not really? a great one, but there's a chance. Because that's like, what, 10 a.m. where we'll be? No. 10.30? We're not 12 hours different. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Twitch tomorrow. Never mind. But for the <laughs> next Thursday. Uh, welcome, everybody. I hope everybody who is in the U.S. at least had a good holiday. We uh, are here to talk about some tech news and stuff that happened. Even though this is kind of like a two-week episode, we don't have a huge amount of stuff to go through because uh, people take holiday vacations. In fact, most of last week when I emailed somebody, I got an auto-return bounce of, hey, I will be gone for the foreseeable future. Please expect long delays in email responses. I've never set one of those up before. Have you guys ever set up an out-of-office? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Back when I had a yeah. job where it's, people emailed me. It's called me. being having a regular job. Yeah. 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 Working for a living. I, we do it regularly. Well, I feel like if I didn't respond to emails, even while I was kind of, quote, on vacation, that that would be, I don't know, it feels weird. Taboo? Yeah, I don't know. I that's guess that's what the autoresponder's for. There's plenty right. of other people that do that thing. Yeah. We need yeah. to have a nice it's long discussion like about having a waifu pillow. Feels weird at first, <laughs> but. <laughs> A waifu pillow, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, you know, well, whatever. Work-life balance. Now, I, I feel like I have that. Yes, like, I do you, a Ken. lot of thank stuff. I, go, I do a lot of other things, but, it, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with reading an email and say, and then, like, if I reply back, hey, I'll get back to you in a couple of days, that feels better than a stale, uh, robotic, I am out of the office. Please expect long delays on email. I don't know. Well, you, you can write it yourself and the other or thing hire is, someone to write it for you so that it true. sounds better. They always say I'll have limited access to the internet. Where do you have limited access to the internet? Yeah, you don't actually have limited <laughs> access to anything. Uh, and then if anything, what I would think an out-of-office replier would do for me is automatically reply to some emails that show up that I would normally never, never acknowledge. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so that gives them a little bit of like, oh, they actually are paying attention. They're actually seeing these emails and – I don't want that to happen either. And, and so. then we'll introduce you to the wonderful world of email rules, where when they reply back, they, they're just shipped off into the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> I have that as it's well. A wild just, world out there. Shift three is my delete button. I go through that a lot. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, we do record the show on Wednesday nights, which is what it is currently as we record this. 10 p.m. Eastern, 7, 7 p.m. Pacific, pcpro.com slash live. Um, you can find uh, our chat room there. You can interact with us through that. There's a bunch of other people that participate. If you guys have uh, interesting things to talk about, um, yeah, we can do that in there. So uh, if you need a little reminder, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe. And all this is is a uh, form that you see here in front of you. Ask for your name and email address, and I simply send you an email, or somebody here will send you an email. Uh, Probably, maybe. Probably, usually, somewhere between two hours and 20 minutes before the show actually begins. Sometimes after. 
Sometimes you start at 20 minutes before and it ends 10 minutes into the show. Mm-hmm. Look, we can't control how the mailing service really works when you're sending out that many emails. So there's millions of you guys on this list, Mi- literally millions. Doesn't play on the audio version. Sorry. Uh, we also still have our Patreon campaign going. That is at patreon.com slash PCPer. Uh, this is your ability to become a monthly recurring uh, contributor to us. Coming uh, up on two years. It is coming up to you because we did this at CES two years ago. If you watch the video that we recorded, those are all CES highlight hotspots, like the escalator in the empty exhibit hall. or And the elevator in the empty exhibit hall. Right, or the bathtub in our suite. Um, all like, uh, right, perhaps there, for example. More Josh Tech. Uh, so we really appreciate everybody who does that. Uh, if you want to, uh, if you become a contributor, you know, I, I put in a, I put in a complaint with HR about mm-hmm. that picture. Oh, hold on, I'm reading HR's response right Is now. Is Sebastian talking to you again? Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that means I have to check this thing mature now. Thanks. Yeah. Anybody who becomes Just or increases their patronage during the live stream will get a shout-out during the show. So keep that in mind uh, as I go here to check my email to make sure make sure nobody has done that already. Sometimes we get some people in there. Yes, actually, we have one. Donna Lewis has edited their pledge from $19.98 to $25.25. Thank you. Thank you very much, Donna Lewis. Donna Lewis. Lewis. You know who Donna Lewis is? She's the girl who sings, I love you always forever. (laughs) (laughs) I got to change glasses. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, all right. Fair enough. Uh, We also have, if you haven't checked that out, our mailbag. We're on episode 19, Thanksgiving edition, that has a guest appearance by my daughter in it for brief moments. Uh, This is kind of like our 15 to 25 minute show thing where you submit questions in through the YouTube channel or uh, through the website directly and we answer them and it's neat. Uh, Alan did one for me a couple weeks ago. I think it was longer than 25 minutes. Alan, Weird. Uh, <laughs> Alan will probably do another one this week for us. And then maybe Josh. And maybe Josh the next week. We'll see if he if he's going to do what? Amenable to that. You're going to do a mailbag next week while I'm gone. Yeah, so oh, submit, well. so submit yes. storage questions. And submit so. storage questions for Alan. Yeah. And then submit a steering wheel short questions. Mail bag. Steering wheel and <laughs> processor technology Josh, that's M-A-I-L bag. Yeah. yeah. Just exactly. mail. Josh can't spell. <laughs> no, as opposed to M-A-L-E bag. Yeah, but he just can't spell. Oh, so, so doesn't he doesn't matter. know. Yeah. Uh, we have PC per plays. Um, I don't think we've gotten that one up yet. Have the the? I don't think we. I don't think you ever posted the Jedi. Academy it's all your one. fault, Alex. Oh yeah. shit. Well, that'll be up tomorrow, then. We'll do that tomorrow. We'll have uh, My bad, PC sorry. for Plays Jedi Academy. Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight. Jedi Academy, um, where I do the, the best thing possible, and I murder the second... The character who's obviously going to become bad, I murder within Spoilers. the first 20 seconds of gameplay. <laughs> Unknowingly, I didn't know you could do team kill, uh, but it turns <laughs> out it was the right move. And so if we didn't retcon it and reload the save game, I think I would have actually finished the game with the best ending. Yeah. At that we point, loaded right? a bunch of arbitrary player models that were pretty great. That's true. Yeah. If you want to see a Jawa wield a lightsaber <laughs> uh, and do force jumps and stuff, it's pretty good. Ryan gets around the platforming sections by just loading the Boba Fett 
uh, model and yes. using jetpacks. I did do that. I did do that. So, you know, uh, because honestly, the platforming in the game is awful. Yeah, it's not, bad. Not, not, not <laughs> it's good. bad. It's bad. All right, let's jump into the stuff this week. Um, and we're going to try to make it as short and tight as possible because I have to get up early for a flight. Let's talk with Jim first um, as he sits there over there at my desk with no headphones. So he has no idea that Josh is just making fun of him ferociously throughout this entire mm-hmm. entire thing. I can he's, feel he's just over there behind the cables. If you're on the video version, he's just – nope, nope. You got There you go. Wrong way. There nope. you go. Yep, the best thing is. about him can they see is me? that he is slightly yeah. Yeah, out of focus. Him. He's slightly out of focus. That's how we like to keep Jim, slightly out of focus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, better just mumble, mumble <laughs> so, into the mic Jim, and, and yeah – You'll be let's, happy. let's talk about the ultimate cord cutting guide part two. It is the second after the part one. Um, <laughs> that is that's as far as my analysis analysis is going of this this evening. What did we dive into in this piece? Right. So the first week we kind of went over like conceptually what we wanted to do for cord cutting, and this isn't just a uh, an, exercise, an exercise in theory. We're actually doing this. Uh, Ryan's trying to work yep. on it. Alan's got it going at his house. I'm doing it. Um, and so this week we're, we're, we took the decisions we made in week one and we put them to actual practice. And uh, if you read the week one piece, you know that we settled uh, based on the specs and capabilities on the NVIDIA Shield as our, the Shield TV as, as opposed to the Shield tablet. That gets a little right, confusing. Or the Shield handheld thing. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we went with the, tab, or the Shield, Shield TV uh, because even though it's a couple years old now, uh, it's still the most powerful, the most versatile uh, device out there for doing this kind of stuff, short of a home theater PC. We did have some comments about that, and that's true, although we wanted something that was a little more compact, a little uh, a little bit easier to use than having to worry about uh, custom configs on an HTPC. Uh, so we, we, we went with the Shield, and uh, we talked about um, setting up Plex, which is basically going to be the the center of our... Uh, experience. Right. And the reason for that is Plex does your own content. It does an increasing amount of online content, including news and stuff like that. And now, or at least for the last uh, six months or so, it does live TV and DVR. So that means that from one interface, you can have all of your recorded and saved stuff as well as the live stuff coming in. And that's great, not just for convenience for us, but you know, we all have spouses and significant others who may not be into dealing with this kind of stuff and yeah they're not going to put up with if you're trying to do this at home they're not going to put up with having to jump in and out of apps and reboot stuff and and, and all that so that was the idea uh, and on top of just the tv the because we because other devices do uh plex and do live tv things like apple tv roku stuff like that but uh, Shield TV allows us to access a whole bunch of Android apps. It allows us to do game streaming, uh, both from our local PC as well as from GeForce Now servers. It allows us to do emulation for retro games. So if you're, oh, right. if you're waiting to get one of those SNES classics, you know, who needs it? You can get that plus a thousand other games. Completely uh, legitimately. Uh, it's a gray area. Yeah. It's mostly black, but it's a gray, there's some gray in there. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but you know, whatever. Uh, it's a uh, homebrew ROMs. Way to go. So it really does offer that versatility. And, and we set it up and we've been playing with it uh, in our houses and here at the office. And it works great for the most part. Uh, one of the things that we've learned even since this article came out that we'll talk about more in our final part of this yep. uh, series is live TV is a little iffy. Yep. Um, it works 
It does DVR. It now does commercial skipping. That just came out uh, uh, this week, I think, on Monday. Yeah, it does. Uh, it records the show first, and then it goes through. Right. And, you know. So if you're if you're setting up auto recordings, uh, Plex using I think it uses ComSkip, which is that open source software. Um, that will uh, it'll it'll take care of those commercials for you, which is nice. Uh, but the live TV, it's it's just it doesn't work great in practice. There's a delay, but when you want to change channels, yep. Uh, there's a and, and just to clarify, we're using a network tuner, we're using the HD Home Run, yep, right. a two tuner model. Uh, so a delay when you change channels, a delay sometimes in tuning certain channels, just in general, like it'll just stop tuning it or freeze for a minute. Sometimes it recovers, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, one of the benefits of Plex is that you can have your server in one location and stream to you from wherever you are over the internet uh, on your mobile device or from another uh, device in another house or something. And live TV in that context is really finicky. It, 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 you have all the delays you do locally, except they're amplified, uh, mm-hmm. and you have even more failures. Uh, so what we're experiencing now, and again, like we'll talk about this more in the final piece, is, is it's probably not ready for primetime. I would not, even though on paper we were really excited about this, I would not recommend this type of setup where you're getting your only TV through Plex if someone else in your house is is relying on TV. If that's what they want, right. if they want that yeah. live TV component. I wouldn't put you know my wife through it. I know Ryan's wife uh, is probably, and even and Alan's wife uh, has said some things about it too. It's, it's just it's not yeah, like not yeah, ideal. Uh, that, now the if you have it doing DVR recordings, I found that all that stuff seems pretty rock solid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the live. Part. It's just the live stuff, yeah. and you can't. You can't easily jump into like if you were to tune the same station that was currently being recorded, another tuner will tune to that same station. In As other opposed words, to using the same stream, like a regular DVR would just kind of jump right into the thing it was it was mm. already recording. I assume so, and yeah. you could scrub back to even the beginning of it because it was already recording. Mm-hmm. You can't on Plex. You have to wait until the the entire show has been recorded. Then you can go back to that recording to go back earlier in the show okay uh as opposed to if you just want to jump in the middle of it you're kind of stuck right right um at least for the moment it's um you know it's okay. getting better it's just that it's like not fully baked yeah and, yet. and it is still a relatively new feature plex introduced dvr capability so not live but dvr from an antenna uh yeah. last fall so yep. it's been a year Live and TV that works is still fun. yeah, and so and as Alan said, it, and the benefit there too is if you have a con- an existing library of content that you've acquired, um, <laughs> you if you set up your DVR recordings, Plex will figure out what the recording is from the programming data, record it, dump it in your existing library right alongside your content. So if you're watching some shows. Uh, and you've, you're missing a few episodes, and those episodes come on. It detects that you're missing those episodes, downloads them, puts them in your library, and then when you go to that section of your on-demand content, it's just right there. Yep. And now will be commercial-free cool. too. Yeah. So, and there's even a checkbox if you turn it on. It's kind of dangerous, but it will even replace. Yeah, it can do analysis uh, of the quality of each file, and, yeah. and it will replace. So, if you have a, a DVD rip at 480p, it yeah. will replace it with a 1080i mm. rip from hmm. over the air. Yep. If, if you want. It's it a lot of trust. It's yeah. a lot of trust. I have, <laughs> I have not checked that box. Yeah. So in, in summary, you, but know, you would just save multiple copies anyway. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so we, we found that it, it, it's, it's the same old Plex, which we've been using for years, yep. uh, which is great. Uh, all this extra functionality on the shield for having the apps and the games and, and emulation and stuff has been great. Um, 
the live TV is just not there. So that, that is that is a big issue because one that was one of the crucial things we wanted to have when we set this out. So now we're looking at other options like some of these subscription streaming services like YouTube TV that right. offer live. So you can still get them. There are other ways to get them. In fact, you can even, with the network tuner, you can run the HD Home Run app on the Shield and tune the TV that way as well over the air. That works great. Yep. It's not a problem with the tuner. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, so there, Actually, I found out today maybe that's – if what was I looking at, Ken? I could just open up my computer on a new machine, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the HD Home Run shows it's just up there, and yeah, then yeah. it lists all the channels it can see, and yeah. you just double click it, and it runs it in Media Player. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and I was like, holy crap! Yeah, yeah that works just fine <laughs> yeah. for any it's computer MPEG on the network. Streams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another thing you can do is actually use the Google Live Channels app on Android TV with the HD Home Run mm-hmm. if you oh, want okay. to use stuff, oh, and right. that I believe probably integrates with Google now, so you could say like Watch. Yeah. It does. Yes. ABC Watch, or something. ABC or whatever. You'd probably have to have like the exact affiliate name because that's and, and the channel ID or whatever. Course. And as a stopgap, if you're trying to get into Plex and you want to be able to do this live TV thing, and it's if the Plex thing is being finicky and you don't feel like restarting the server, uh, you know, you could just fire that up. Like it's the the HD home runs are intelligent. Like if something's using a tuner or two, like there's still tuners available. Like I have mm-hmm. the quad tuner uh, version, right? So I if the thing's acting up, you can still just on a Windows PC, go the regular route. You can just right. do what you were explaining. And yeah. Even if there were other... I was just you know, amazed that it was a brand new machine out of the box, and oh, I yeah. like logged into it, and I went to my computer. I was like, oh, what's this? Well, HD Home Run shows up on the network. Double-click. It lists all the channels. 5.1, 5.2, yep. 9.1, 2.3. Your Windows 10 install did have to grab a MPEG-2 decoder from the App Store. It did. <laughs> it did have to <laughs> do that. Which is funny. Oh. That's true. It had to have an MPEG-2 decoder plug-in for Windows like a 120K player. download. Yeah. So there was that, but licensing very cool real, nonetheless. Real bitch. <laughs> Any other final points here? We just point people to the story. What makes sense? Yeah, check out the story. Um, so we're, we're really happy with it, except for live TV. And what we're going to be going, we're looking at in the final piece in the next week or so is, you know, what does this do to bandwidth? Because if you're going to cut the cord and you're going to be relying on right. internet for everything, and you're in one of those situations where you have a cap. You know, what does that look like? Cost savings. You know, does this actually save money when you add up everything? How much are you saving? Um, and yep. then any other final final issues that we encounter over the next week or two. Uh, so check that out. And, and please send us your questions. If you'd like us to look at anything specific, we'll do our best to accommodate that. Very cool. Uh, we had a question. Uh, so this is making a joke about what year is it if you have to download MPEG-2. But the point is it's uncompressed. Like yeah. when we looked at the network that's usage, what TV streams are. When I was coming, when it, when I looked at my network utilization on that on that laptop when yeah. I was running, it was like forty megabits, yeah. right, of just video streaming from yeah. the and it from the great. HDMI, and it looked amazing, yeah. right? It was like, all right, it turns out this has has some some benefits when you get it to work right. All right. And, and the reason you have to download it is because of licensing costs. Right. Microsoft says, okay, we have to provide this functionality, but we don't want to pay, to pay for, it. for everybody right. up front. And they've been yeah. doing that since only the people Windows who Media are going to want it is. or need it. Yeah, we're going to pay for. I'm glad I cost Microsoft that twelve cents or whatever their, yeah, their yeah. licensing fee. Take was. That you remember Adela. when they bundled the uh, ability to play DVDs on the yeah. original Xbox with the DVD remote? Oh, oh that's yeah. right. Yeah, you had to buy yeah. that remote controller. Yeah, you had to buy a separate. And that was because of the licensing cost. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> All right, uh, we got a couple of other things here. We're going to run through real quick. These are Sebastian reviews. He is unfortunately on uh, assignment in Cambridge, England. Um, Really? Probably, yeah, probably drinking beer and just being a rambunctious, obnoxious American over there. He seems like that kind of guy if I've ever, yeah, if I've ever mm-hmm. met one, right? 
Um, but he'd posted a review of the Corsair HS50 stereo gaming headset. Um, this is a $50 gaming headset um, that, you know, anytime you, you deal with low cost audio gear, you have this risk, right? So, you know, I, I don't know much about the audio specs here. You guys can take a look at this and tell me, you know, a 50 millimeter uh, uh, driver, the uh, frequency response rates, impedance, all this stuff, whether or not that's good or bad compared to other higher cost or similarly cost headsets. Um, man, he loves using that that head, that clear acrylic head. Looks like our uh, thing locked up again there. I don't yeah, know what's going did. on. Um, Long story short is, oh, no. yeah, I don't know why our, my scrolling is not working. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll kick it after the story. All right. Um, the, the, the conclusion takeaway here is that it's actually a really, really good headset for 50 bucks. As he writes at the end, sets a high bar for a budget-conscious gaming headset trading surround effects, which it doesn't have, for very high build quality. Um, and he seems very impressed by the build quality similar to much more expensive headphones uh solid two channel audio outstanding comfort in the mix and you have compelling choice that feels like a bargain at 49 bucks so it got an editor's choice uh from sebastian in that case so that's how's, how's microphone quality did he mention that uh i'm sure he did let me see here he talks about the 50 millimeter drivers the microphone that, offers that above I, average this- sound with good background noise rejection and mic is more full sounding than i expected with only a little of characteristic of the characteristic smaller mic sound, he compared it to the voice yeah, quality that, on a phone, three G voice. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that has really annoyed me tremendously about gaming headsets Agreed. is they they really pay a lot of attention to the looks and maybe the drivers, but the microphone quality typically always pretty lacking. I mean, it's not you know like one of these big diaphragm mics, but sure. Come on, give us something better. Agreed. Agreed. And it sounds like. Corsair did okay. They did for fifty bucks. Sounds great. Yeah. Pause there. Pause there. All right. And uh, Sebastian, um, busy, busy guy over the last couple of weeks. Still not here to talk about any of these reviews. I think he timed this trip specifically for this reason. Uh, he did post a review of the Inwin three hundred one tempered glass mini tower case, which I think is really awesome looking. Yeah, right. Sharp looking case. It's uh, nice looking. It is. Uh, Got no and also, fans. Where are the fans? Impossible yeah, the fans? to take pictures of, according to him as well. With uh, you know, anytime you've got that tempered glass. Filter. He wants that reflection in it. Oh, <laughs> oh he does? Yeah. Oh. What, yeah. What do you see in it? Oh, you see his speaker. Um, I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. like he wants Symmetry the of the speaker. Oh. Or else he would <laughs> eliminate it. Yes, yeah, like, Sebastian uh, does not make mistakes like that. <laughs> where are they? No, where are the fans? <laughs> Uh, let's see. It is, uh, you mean what, like where are the fans are they included or where do the fans, fans go? One rear. Oh, well, the it's going to have two front, installed. one rear, two bottom. Um, huh. yeah. Although the two bottom ones do occupy a PCIe slot. What's interesting about this is that it's only 65 bucks for the white version, $69 for the black version. Um, that's cheap. Yeah. yeah. For, yep. for a tempered glass. And you can see it's got the handle up here. And when does a lot of really good, Interesting okay, and okay, creative the, designs. The, the Inwin logo. Scroll up. Yeah, what does that do? What is? What is? I mean, does is it something? just always say Inwin, or is yeah, it or if LCD? you look at the other way, it's Nimni. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just Nimni. been like that. It if you read up. it from yeah. bottom to top, it, it it's easy. Yeah, it looks like it's backlit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. And here's another one. It is. Oh, okay. And you can see the. Uh, the umbrella. You can see the umbrella and his wife in the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Again, and the totally small child with audio equipment in its mouth. It's got a cool honeycomb pattern on the back as well. Um, that captures the thumb screws and all. I, I just think it's you know it's a, it's a mini. It's a not not mini. It's a micro ATX tower. Um, so it's it's on the small side, but I think it just has a lot of uh, like personality to it, which seems odd to say about a, a chassis. Really uh, easy to access, fairly easy to work in. You can see like an interior shot, very clean lines. Um, not a lot of like exposed, cruddy looking metal or anything like that. You can see there's Alan. You can see the uh, uh, fan the openings on the front. Oh, okay. If you want to do it, there's the back plate, so you can access the rear of the motherboard. Even while uh, uh, doing that SSD holder, you need to upgrade his. Uh, I guess it's just for demo purposes. Probably don't need to upgrade him for that reason alone. But um, you know, he, you can see there. I mean, that's actually a good shot. He was able to get the 240 millimeter. Corsair CPU mm-hmm. cooler mounted in there. You had a full-length uh, AMD Radeon graphics card installed uh, in terms of performance and whatnot. It does seem like that fan would be a bit suffocated in the front. Yeah, I don't know how much of a gap there is between that yeah, uh, I don't know. The bracket and the no. uh, you know, front of the case. Make it work hard. What can I say? Uh, so it does pretty well in terms of ambient noise temperature, um, ambient noise temperature, ambient, noise temperature. ambient uh, <laughs> temperatures above ambient, and then noise levels. Those are two separate readings. Um, but at fifty nine bucks is is pretty awesome, right? Weaknesses including the three and a half inch hard drive support is limited to one base. If you're looking to do RAID in that, you're kind of out of luck. And no case fans included, Alan. In case you were curious, yeah. Well, that's how you get that well priced. Hopefully, if you buy that case, you don't go buy uh, what are the brown Noctua. You don't just get a bunch of Noctua brown on that brown. Costs more than the case. Fans. Yeah, close to it. Uh, tempered glass side panel, tool-free enclosure, uh, intelligent cable routing, clean, attractive style, low cost for caseless quality. So there you go. Sixty-five for the white one, sixty-nine, seventy bucks for the black one. So a good deal all around. Check out his review. If you're interested in that, um, let's next move on. Talk with Ken if we have to. Oh no! <laughs> Look, hey, I, I didn't want cool to do thing. it. But this is what it came to. We so we we posted a story called "Console Frame Rating: Measuring Performance of the New Xbox One X," and uh, this came about. Well, the new console came out, and it's a pretty powerful machine. And uh, it's one of those things that every time a, a game console launches, we've always been curious about, like, wh- what is the performance level? How does it compare to the PC? How does it compare to previous consoles? And um, there's always a ton of question marks about how you evaluate performance, how you measure image quality, uh, those types of things. Can't exactly install fraps. Right. Can't, can't run fraps on it. We can't run our normal overlay that we do on PC games for our frame rating system. But uh, Ken did discover an open source project. What was it called, Ken? Teardrop. Yeah, so it's TR Drop is the name, but it's pronounced. I think for the first couple of days we called it Teardrop, and yeah. then somebody went, No dummies, it's Teardrop. It's a play on it's Teardrop. A play. Yeah, yeah. You're looking, teardrop I mean, the logo has a tear in it. I it's, didn't it's look a, at the logo. T- I, I with a tear. That's true. Yeah. You know. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, which tears one is it? Drops, I know, tears right? and drops. Weird. So basically, what this allows you to do, I can go ahead and let's you explain it. What does this software allow us to do? So this software is it's an open piece, open source piece of software that runs, I think, only currently on Windows, and it takes in a video file of capture, so just plain capture from a, a capture card hooked up to a console or a PC or anything like that, and it 
uses OpenCV, the computer vision libraries, oh, right. to analyze if there are differences between one frame to the next frame to determine what frame rate it's running at. If there are any any drops, any tears, any sort of hitches it's, like that. It's actually a really simple idea to think about. It's very difficult in but, implementation. But very difficult to implement you know, without a lot of, of knowledge about what you're talking about, right? So you're basically, if I could look at every pixel on the frame very quickly. You should be able to know when they change. And then look at the next frame and see how many pixels changed relative. Like, okay, now I can assume this is a new frame or not, right? Mm-hmm. Or was there a tear? Did the, did the top third of it change or not change? No, wait. It would be the top third of it change and the bottom third of it not change. Okay, we had a tear. Yep. Right? Something like that. Um, which is, it's it's not a a simple task, but simple in concept, not necessarily yeah. in execution. Yeah, 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 and it requires a lot of compute, right? Yeah. Like this, this, this isn't this exactly takes a, a fast running program, right? So what we do is we were we were capturing games gameplay out of these consoles through an HDMI capture card, mm-hmm. right? And we were recording this these raw files. How big were they per run? Probably Depending twenty on the resolution. Yeah, I mean, we're doing 1080p 60, so they're like 18 gig files. Yeah, 18 gigabytes. For, for a minute. For a minute. Yeah, for, for 60 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we run them through these app, this application, and you, you could do cool things like run one of them, run two for side-by-side up to... You can do up to three. Up to three. Yep. There's a bunch of different configurations. And it, it does it. all the, it does kind of the heavy lifting of like it draws it on the screen. You get to see all these comparisons. It's really cool. So, yep. um, I well, mean, honestly, if you've... If, Anyone's ever looked at the Digital Foundry yeah. videos of where they do analysis of console games? It's very similar. Yep. They're using s- software they've developed that does a lot of this stuff right. u- using probably pretty similar methods, but this is an open source yeah. project that's just put out there. Yeah. Community can mess with it, improve upon it. Yeah, the Digital Foundry guys have been doing it for a really long time. They do it better very, than we do. Very, They're very, very well. good at it. They analyze a lot of games, a lot of different stuff, um, but... At the end of the day, it's a very straightforward mental leap to make Yeah, to go, how do I analyze this and know what frame rates are going? Now, we've even gone into whole things like pixel counting and how do you know if this 1080p thing is actually being rendered at 900p and then scaled up? Different discussion. Maybe another day. Maybe never in my lifetime. I'm yeah. not really sure. <laughs> um, now, what we did with this was we compared the Xbox One S, the Xbox One X, PS4, PS4 Pro, uh, and you can kind of see in this table that that uh, we put together how these, in theory, compare uh, computationally. And the Xbox One X is is by far the most powerful system, right? The PS4 Pro still has a pretty good leg up over the PS4, um, but the Xbox One X goes, you know, another almost 50%, you know, 40% on top of that in terms of its GPU compute and teraflops, right? Um, and then much higher memory bandwidth, all that type of stuff. So what we have is we have some we have some screenshots here. We have a video. This obviously makes more sense if you watch it in real time in the, in the video. <laughs> um, but what was the kind of takeaway? We only looked at three games. We're just kind of getting our feet wet into this. What was the takeaway from those three titles? It was, it was pretty much along what you would expect. So the PS4 at 1080p60 was able to generally deliver a more solid... 60 fps over the xbox one the original xbox one which is what we've seen with a lot of game titles so the xbox one has been kind of known to struggle to do 1080p 30 and uh taking a lot of dynamic resolution tricks rendering at 900p and and stuff like that and has 
generally been determined as weaker than the PS4. Right. Even if you just look at the raw specs, you can pretty much come with that conclusion. However, when you look at the PS4 Pro versus the Xbox One X, that story changes by a significant amount. Yeah. So if we take a look at Hitman as an example, this is actually the best performance case we found because Hitman has a PS4 Pro patch and an Xbox One X patch, so it's optimized by the developers. And it also has an option for unlocked frame rate. So you can set it into a mode where it won't force to 30 or 60. And that means we can, cool. we can tell actual relative performance between the two consoles. So yeah, it's, hard. it's not showing up very well in our capture because we're only capturing a small portion of the window here. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we're cutting off the top of it, yeah. apparently, too. But this gives you an idea. And it, it, it may not come across in the stream. You should go to the article and look at the YouTube video. But even in the YouTube video, putting a side-by-side... Um, the yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's more or less effective. Like the PS4 Pro running at about forty frames per second is more stuttery. Like the 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 Xbox One X is smoother on the right hand side in these videos, right? So it it's it's interesting to see it, and that's something. Honestly, if you put those two videos side by side without any of this teardrop teardrop software, <laughs> you'd be able to tell that there was a difference. But being able to put numerics behind it i think actually makes it much more impactful so pretty cool stuff yeah yeah uh, so more- th- this is kind of a tool we have in our arsenal yeah. now to pull out when we want to take a look at this stuff so i wouldn't necessarily expect us to analyze every console game that comes out no no there are people that are very good at that i would we not. enjoy their content not only would i not expect it i will it's tell never you for certain happen. it will not happen <laughs> i will tell you for certain yeah. um all right, we'll run through these other things real quick too. Uh, an, a keyboard review from Sebastian. The oof, the have it, gotta have it, gotta ha- have it, have it, have it. I don't really know. HVKB395L ultra thin RGB mechanical keyboard. It's a thin keyboard with RGB colors. It's got kickstands. It's got USB cable. It is very thin. As you can see, like, they, are they blues or browns? Are they blues? Blues. Do they make it thinner by just like removing the base plate and making it a flimsier design, or is it still pretty solid? No, it like, says it's uh, pretty shallow. It, the key travel is only three millimeters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it looks like everything is made thinner. Like the keys themselves, the key caps yeah. look short. The base looks thinner, and then the travel is is three millimeters. What I like how you can see the blues. You know you what I'm saying? That's true. That's well, true. I don't think those are cherry blues. Yeah, we'll they're not standard blues. Yeah, I they think are. They're, 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 they're just blues. Patent expired blues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're the kale ones. Ah, uh, okay. Got it. Good Got switches. It. Yeah, there. So Sebastian seemed to like it fairly well. It's an $80 keyboard, shallow but clicky experience, very conducive to comfort over long periods with less finger travel, uh, shallower wrist angle. That's actually kind of an interesting benefit to it as well. Hmm, yeah. Right? Less potential wrist impact. Um and of course, RGB lighting. Although it cannot be controlled uh, via the OS, how do yet. you control it? There like, is nothing keys? yet. Key keys. Presses. Oh, not yeah. Key presses. I would assume, right? Yep. They're working on a driver. It's not out yet, but yeah. Otherwise, you've got to follow the manual and you click this, that, and the other thing to change the patterns. Right. And then also quickly, Maury posted a review of the Gigabyte AX370 Gaming Five motherboard. This is. Uh, for the Ryzen platform, right? People have been asking for more Ryzen motherboard reviews from us. This is a, a reasonable cost part with $190 MSRP. So way better than some of the, like, say, $500 Thunder, uh, uh, 
Threadripper. There's no thing. There's no such thing as Thunder Ripper that I know of. That would be Not a great yet. pod name. The, way less than the five hundred dollars. Um, well, Threadripper. You know, I, I had one of those the other day, and <laughs> sure enough, sure enough, had, in public. Had to go My home pants early. Have never been the same. <laughs> had to make one of those emergency home visits. I get it. I get yes. it. Um, so, uh, like I said, it, this is not a, a budget board, but it's a reasonably, it's a reasonable cost board with a lot of features. You got USB three, uh, is a 3.1 on here as well. Let me check. Yeah. USB 3.1 gen two, two of them, six USB 3.1 gen one, which is USB 3.0 essentially, uh, lots of other connectivity. You got your gig, two gigabit ethernet ports on it. Um, lots of, uh, uh, other features there and then i will go i always got to look not as good looking a board without the led you know kind yeah. of photoshopped in lighting you know but that's the case for everything um slick i do like the the finish on the black pcb around it um yeah gigabyte is always good with those matte black pcbs mm-hmm. on their boards mm-hmm. um i don't know if anything else stands out here it's still got the ugh, still got the sa- the, uh, the sex ports sex ports yep, two of them does have U.2. Yep. Still holding That's on. Good. And M.2. And, yeah, just a single M.2? Uh, and a single U.2, and you get to choose which one of those two you use. Ah, uh, okay. Regardless, okay. it won't knock out any SATA ports, though, because, well, AMD. Sure. That's nice. Sure. And, of course, the giant CPU cooler fit pictures. We've got to have it. Like well, we've keyboard. had one of these boards around the office for a while. Oh, yeah. I think we did some some of our initial Ryzen five testing with this board. I don't know if that's what we use in our review, but I don't remember. It's it's a solid board. I, I mean, I've used it for a couple of projects. It's it's kind of everything you'd want. Does it have SLI support? I think. I it guess it does. does. There's an SLI bridge. Never Can't mind. Can't imagine why not. Yeah. Yeah. If it comes with a bridge, probably. <laughs> that would be a poor. Poor use of resources. <laughs> ah, we got some bridges. Throw one in the boxes. You know, throw one in there. Uh, from an overclocking standpoint, he did get this one up to, let's see, memory speed of 3366, which is pretty good uh, for the AMD platforms. Well, it was supposed to be running 4,000. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Should should go up higher with the memory he has, but, you know, anything over 3200 is kind of a crapshoot, because think how long it took... Um, What's his bucket from AMD to kind of tune stuff to get to 3200? You know, our friend with the plaid and the watches and the bald head. Yeah, yeah, Robert. Robert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I knew he, he worked <laughs> extensively on that to to get settings and BIOS and 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 hardware to to be able to do that consistently. And so there's still a learning curve, but still, right. you know, if you can get to 3200. You're going to be happy. I would, I would think for the most so. part. Yeah. 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 Agreed. So check out that review. But, you know, specs, specs versus reality. So you sure. got to. Well, how expensive is DDR4 4,000 memory with how expensive oh, all yes. DDR4 memory is it's right now? Extra stupid, like, not just stupid. There was a, there was a, uh, uh, a graph that I think was Brad from PC world, PC mag. Yeah. Max, one of the PC websites, damn it. Uh, that showed, DD, like a like a 16 gig kit of DDR4 price over the last eight months or a year something like that, and it was it had gone from like 110 to 240 dollars or something like that. Something ridiculous, no, you know. It, at 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 when about a year ago, year and a half ago, DDR4 
of of you know a decent twenty four hundred speed, sixteen gigs was like eighty six bucks. Yeah, and yeah. now it's a hundred and ninety to two hundred and ten. But but if you've been watching the sales, they're now starting to chuck them down. So hopefully, the memory scare is close to being over, and we can see more reasonable prices than what we did about two months ago, which was just nuts. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. It is selling for one sixty four ninety nine on Newegg as the time uh, of this publication. So there you go. The only the only weakness being that un- inability to run at four thousand megahertz. So we'll see if that's something that they can fix over time with BIOSes, or if they even bother going down that route. Uh oh man. Uh. Sebastian, like I said, busy with these cases. One more to look at real fast. Corsair Crystal Series 460X. If you thought the Inwin was pretty looking, look at this guy. That's pretty sweet. And look at the photography. Also pretty sweet. Look at that. Um, it looks like some honeybees. It's a shop. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, this is tempered glass, buddy. Tempered, more tempered glass. Um, Wait, is, is there tempered glass right in front of the fans? Well, there is. there's, there's a pretty gap. Big there's a pretty yeah, big a gap, gap here. Yeah, there's like a one inch gap. Mm, bigger on a Mind lot the of gap. the cases that do that, but it's still a stupid idea. I, I mean, you know, hey, just perforate that glass, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's tempered. Yeah, that'll be easy. Throw a bunch of tiny holes in the tempered glass. You could just glass. punch holes yeah. in it. One big yeah. hole, right? One really <laughs> are, are, hole. Are, are you guys trying to say as a group you can't etch holes into glass? Oh, you can. Like as a manufacturing process, you oh, can't yeah. put holes in glass. You sure, totally sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you even not even Josh has something within reach that would actually properly punch holes in it, though. <laughs> I'm not saying us. I'm for. saying them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is a full you size. Know how much more expensive that would be? Would it be? And time oh, consuming. Yeah. Pass the costs on to Sebastian. It's fine. Yeah. He'll pay, he'll <laughs> yeah. Pay money. Look at that. Look at those LED fans. So this is much more. This is a little more expensive. It's got more glass on it. One hundred thirty bucks. Uh, one hundred thirty dollars for the case. The Crystal Four Sixty X. What's the one that we have behind you over there? Which one is uh, that? It's the bigger one. It's the five seventy. But it's also all yeah. Uh, it's all it's glass. literally just the bigger version of this. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm really eager to try to get those uh, uh, Star Wars cards in there at yep. some point. Yeah, I've got a build with a lot of RGB destined for that case. <laughs> so right much now. RGB. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty just... amazing, guys. It's going to be amazing. Uh, so check out his review. This is the Corsair Crystal 460X. I think we've talked about cases enough uh, for this episode. Let me look down the list. There's no more cases on there, are there? I'm going to skip them if there are. Let's move on to the next stuff. Um, Scott posted this up. Jeremy, do you know anything about the rumored Core i7-9700K? Because, I mean, the 8700 has been out for at least three weeks. It's time to move on. <laughs> Past it's it. It's true. And... We, the coffee is getting stale, so we need to refresh it. True. Yeah, yeah. Is it going to require just, another a new platform too? Just crashed on me, so you I know, don't even have the web page open. If, at the if I ask that question and Ryan stutters in his answer, no, then uh, you know, yeah. yeah. So the the big news, if true, would be that Intel is planning on elevating the top end mainstream processor to eight cores, sixteen threads. Um, so even over the better than, you know, two more than the Coffee Lake parts we saw just a couple of months ago uh, where we went from four to six. Um, uh, the rumor has been that this would be another new motherboard, I think, right? 390. The 390. Yeah. The rumor is that it won't be compatible with 370. Of course. Uh, wait, 
what won't that be. That the eight cores won't be compatible with 370. Right. Well, if they're releasing a new chipset, I would assume that would be because the processors wouldn't be well, backwards I think compatible. They're releasing My question a new would be, are they full, like, could you use an 8700K in a 390 board? Probably. I think they're releasing, but, in theory, would release 390 for additional chipset features because 370 didn't really bring any of those or 270. So they didn't. We'd yeah, be, yeah, we yeah. would be due for additional features. But well, let, let, me, let me posit this. Please posit. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. Eh. Uh, it's going to be a different <laughs> socket, and uh, you're going to have more PCIe lanes. Be a smart I mean, move for them. I'd be, yeah. I'd be good with that. But, but how many more? Mm, like four more? At least more? up to Ryzen levels, but from 16 to 24. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would and make sense. the chipset with the extra... Chipsets on the Intel processors use DMI. I know. They have, they're dedicated. I'm right? So you. they're not included in that count. I know. So I'm then saying, what's the question? But if you already had... It's just die space. It's just pins. Yeah, I guess. If AMD can do it with Ryzen, Intel can do it with Core. Sure, sure. Right? And not only that, mm-hmm. but Intel likes to swap sockets. They got no problem with that. This is true. The other question is, when they went from the 7700 to the 8700, they did it without uh, increasing the core-to-core latency. In other words, yeah. they went from four to six cores. So we're still a ring bus. We'll keep it with the ring bus. So are they going <clears> to <throat> keep with the ring bus here? I would imagine. Well, I don't Wait, know. All their other stuff is mesh now. But all their other stuff is more than eight cores. True. Like, they, they've done eight cores on a ring bus before without problem. They yeah. have. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So um, the, the current six core is a ring bus, and the current 10 plus is mesh? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, inside source tells me the 9700K must be watching live. Is not a rumor. It is, in fact, a real part. But Intel could do an 8900K. In the same socket, if they wanted to, which would also be eighty nine hundred eighty nine hundred K. Yeah, but they're not going to the same that. core count. Why would they do that when they can just get people to buy their new platform? That well, is a legitimate question. <laughs> no one will have bought the three seventy platform because you can't buy processors. Yeah, that's true. true. When we were building our gift guide, I wanted to put the eighty seven hundred K on there if it were near its yeah. retail price. It's, but not only was almost, it not near its retail price, it wasn't available. It's yeah. almost like the Broadwell desktop launch. Remember that? Uh, it's not. Those yeah. never came out. No, they did. They did come out. They those absolutely came ever? out. Those never. Yeah, they came out. Hit like re- yeah, you could get the CPUs on eBay. Maybe no, you, could, you could buy nah. the fifty-seven seventy-five C on bet, Newegg. But it was months later well, yeah. that you could do it. And like at launch, yeah. quote unquote launch, there was nothing. Right? At least at here, there was some available at launch. It seemed for five hundred dollars like for Microsoft. Were, were, were there ever Broadwell? Like retail packages, or was it all OEM parts? Nah, I don't remember that. I don't, I don't remember, to be honest with you. I don't know. So it, it it feels like two things. One, it feels like Intel has no idea what the hell they actually want to do. They, if this if this is actually true, and you know, a secondary source now telling me it's absolutely true. I don't know. But did they give a time frame for this as well? Like uh, second half twenty eighteen? Yeah. Man, that's a lot of sockets and a lot of motherboards and a lot of processors yeah. to release in a really short window of time. Yeah, that's what yeah, I wonder if Newegg oh, yeah, no, will Intel create kind of an, an, an internal blast. All right, stop, stop. One at a time. <laughs> Jeebus. Sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. I was just going to comment that Intel gets bored with a socket really quickly nowadays that it gets older. It needs a fresh one to keep it occupied. Oh, I see. I mean, they they haven't, like, they've stuck to the same pattern of how long a socket has been around until... Z three or X three seventy really, you get you get two processors out of a socket. Z three seventy, and that's it. Z three seventy, 
Did you say X370? Yeah, probably. It's a different platform. Yeah, weird, so, huh? <laughs> you're, you're talking about the, the process revision upgrade. Yeah. Not the actual I'm talking how you had change. a 6700K and a 7700K mm-hmm. that use the same socket and the same motherboards. Okay. It's been that way for, for quite a while with Intel. Now they're starting to screw stuff up. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, so this is what? And I wonder if, the- if, if NVIDIA, not NVIDIA, but Newegg and Amazon guys, like, if you put in your shopping basket a processor and then a motherboard that is not compatible, do you, do you get a warning no, for that? you don't. Mm-mm. That's unfortunate because... If you go to someplace like more- PC Part Picker... They do that. They do you. that, right? Like yeah. if you add a 7700K and a Z370 board, it's going to tell you these, it, won't, if these you, won't work. If you add a 7700K, it won't let you pick a Z370 board unless you turn off the yeah. compatibility oh, filter okay. by default. But yeah, but like Newegg and Amazon, definitely not Amazon, but Newegg doesn't have that capability either. Um, you know, and it should at least warn you, right? But it's kind of not. It's kind of not their job. But I bet they really, really, really don't want to deal with an RMA. Either. Well, New Age charges restocking on everything, so... Do they really? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they do. Yeah, I think so. At this point. No, like... This is why yeah. Amazon's unless, unless the form with them. Unless it's like a defective part. Sure. DOA. Right, right, right. Then right. I don't think they do. Yeah. I don't know. So there's, there's some great news for you. Hey, if you want... Like, AMD is going to have their revision of Ryzen come out sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Everything indicates, you know, in the first half of next year. Um what that actually adds are they going to add more cores are they just going to add more frequency i don't really i have no idea i haven't really heard much about it i haven't paid attention there's been a lot of different rumors on it like some people said it's going to be six cores uh a core complex i've heard eight uh i've heard the rumor it's going to be five gigahertz on uh seven nanometer no 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 No. it's going to be at most a 12 nanometer part that is the kind of refresh that global foundry is and samsung has done the but twelve nanometer. You're, yeah, but you're you're going to get probably better power and uh, better clock speed, but don't expect your CCXs to increase their core counts. So you think it's just it's basically just going to be a refresh and a, a process optimization at yeah. best. Yeah, I mean you may get a max of four point two to four point four gigahertz. That's a pretty good upgrade. 4.0 now. I mean, it's okay. It's not yeah. great, but it's okay. There may be some other tweaks architecturally to decrease some of the internal latencies of of uh, some of the execution. Maybe some memory units. controller changes. That'd be nice. Yeah, who knows? That'd be nice. But it would be nice to see. And I mean, they've got they've had some time to do the work. And I mean, if you think about what bulldozer to pile driver did, mm-hmm. that was a, yeah. a lot of people kind of poo pooed it, but that was a significant jump, and it kept AMD mm-hmm. in the game. Because bulldozer was crap. <laughs> <laughs> so Cannon Lake, which would be those new sockets, looks like June-ish. I'm okay. for three ninety, and AMD is looking more like March for its refresh. So, <laughs> just pulling this out of nowhere. I, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'm just making it up as mm. I go. Okay. Wink, wink. <laughs> Exclusive information here only. Uh, I said March. Just don't buy an 8700K. Yeah, basically. You know, what are you gonna do? Unless you get a hell of a deal, you're not going yeah. to though. Well, but you won't at the rate. Like the Threadripper. Well, we'll get to it in the other stuff. Let's move on. Um, Samsung Zenand SSD uh, was kind we're of just, an we're nasty. Vega. I, it's not in my. I mean, yeah, in general. Right. Um, hold on. Nope, I, I won't skip it. I just need to go back. Uh, I didn't see it. 
Okay, here we are. Power color. Teases custom RX Vega 64 Red Devil. Nice looking card, but like how many? Like Uh, the answer is zero. They will sell. No, it's it's a non-zero number that will be very low. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because some reviews come out of this today. Yeah. It's 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 a fine it's a fine Vega sixty four card, but I mean it still doesn't over it still doesn't beat a ten eighty, right? That's my yeah. Point. My guess is like it doesn't overclock much better than yeah. the other cards we've seen already. Who's, whose review was it? Do you know? Uh, Guru three D maybe. Okay. In other words, it's it didn't need it doesn't benefit from the added cooling. Like it's, that's no. But that's been the case for the Nvidia cards for a while, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And like they don't really benefit that much. Yeah, I mean it'll from be quieter. It. I'm sure. Correct. Right. You well, know. you're not sure, but it should be. I mean, it should be. Should be. You know. Yeah, I'm with you there. There, there have been, uh, you know, cards with insane looking cores on them where the core was just horrible in performance. I mean, I, I don't it's remember happened. specifics, but this card is likely going to be quieter than a reference. Oh, sure. Than a design. Reference. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's not like there's a plethora of custom Vega cards to buy. In fact, True, I don't know if or you any. can purchase any. Uh we could talk about that in our picks of the week holiday guide oh, okay. part as okay. well. So there you go. Now we'll move on to our. There it is. Samsung uh, Xenand, kind of their what they, what they have themselves said competition to 3D Crosspoint, right? Like they've said that this yes. is like, hey, you're not the only guys doing something yeah, two unique years ago, in the enterprise at space. Summit, like right after Intel did a keynote and crosspoint this, crosspoint that, obtain this, and then Samsung was like, oh yeah, Zenand, and they dropped that, right? Zenand. That was like a couple of years ago. But this thing, is our first product that we've seen. An actual product, it. right? Now Zenand is supposedly already on second generation, but this product is using first generation. In other words, well, hold on, what you mean by that is. Samsung is developing the second generation of the technology. Yes. This is the productization of the first generation yes. of the technology. Got and it. The first generation is supposedly SLC that's flash like media. Okay. It works like flash. Okay. It has cells. Yep. Store electrons. It's not like phase change. Right. Right. But they uh, have but, not talked about what makes it different really yet. Uh, they haven't really detailed like what makes it so much faster. And that Faster is the advantage of this. It's very low latency flash memory. Now, 12 to 20 microsecond random read it, is yeah, the stuff there. Which is significantly faster. Like That's some, within spitting distance of the less than 10 microseconds of Optane. It is. For what Intel claims. It is. It gets pretty close. Uh, and like to com- in comparison, Samsung like uh, 960 Pro is like 60 or 70. Oh, okay. Okay, so this is a significant drop. Yeah. In read, in read, uh, in, in latency. read latencies. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I put a I put a chart. If you scroll down a little bit, I did like a simple comparison of like here's your hard drives and your NAND and your you know the ranges of those items right. versus like where this uh, SZ nine eighty five sits compared to a yeah. P forty eight hundred X. Realize a nine hundred P is basically identical to a P forty eight hundred X in in this respect. If you're trying to compare it to consumer stuff, um, so that might actually get them. Some some like wins as far as companies trying to buy this product as opposed to Optane because to get the full performance out of Optane you have to do a list of tweaks right to a server you have to turn off C states you have to potentially turn off P states you have to like basically just run the thing full tilt with no possibility of clocking down because of the latency of just trying to speed back up negatively impacts the latency of the Optane sure. part you know you you diminish you lose some of your gain that you that you were going to get whereas 
the Samsung part actually operates in more of a sweet spot. Like if you were just running a Windows server, just doing regular interrupts and not doing polling to the storage, mm-hmm. like this device is running in the range where it, you would see most of the benefit that you can under that platform. Got it. Right. You're not getting, you're not so fast that you start losing benefits because of the platform limitations. Right. Sure. Um, so, you know, cool stuff there, but again, they're trying to market this to server stuff. Obviously you you're not going to be able to buy this. And the bigger point that I want to make about a Samsung Enterprise, you know, NVMe part in general is that every other Samsung NAND based part to come out that was a, like an Enterprise NVMe thing. Uh, we've never seen samples. There's probably like, you could probably count on one hand how many companies have done purchase orders of these things from Samsung. Well, we don't know that. It's just, it's an extremely small sure. subset. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very, it's not that it's a tiny market. It's just like, these are large orders. I'm sure that are coming from these companies. Samsung only chooses to deal with an extremely small amount of companies when they're dealing with these enterprise parts. Um, so, I mean, what that means for adoption, I don't know. Intel is, looks like they're willing to sell a P4800X to anybody that wants to buy the thing. And they've not launched a consumer variant in the 900P. And they have launched. Right. Yeah. Like there's... Do, has Samsung said anything about launching this to consumers? No. No, 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 no interest no. in that? Or no stated interest in that, I guess? They haven't said anything even close to that. Um, mm. their, their focus on this seems to be that, like, look, we want to make a low latency thing. We want to make it for cheaper than other people can make theirs for. Yep. Uh, this device is probably not going to be there because it's using the first generation Xenand. The second generation stuff, which actually there's a... Did I put that slide in there? Yeah, there's a slide this one in that yeah. article. They were trying to make it cheaper to produce, which is why the second generation stuff is actually doing like MLC instead of SLC. So that gives you 100% gain in how much capacity per die right um but they were trying to do that while keeping the latency low so you notice they actually take a latency hit to move to the second generation in that chart it's right. slightly longer read latency but still nowhere near uh you know yeah. vnand regular consumer vnand read latency yeah so again we don't know exactly what tricks they're doing but i mean they own that process from front to back so presumably you can do some kind of architectural changes in how the flashes you know communicated with or read or it sounds really interesting i would love to get some detail on what they're actually doing i don't feel like that's something we'll ever get no especially if it's not something that's going to ever see a consumer or workstation release yeah we might we might get more detail from samsung like say at ces there might talk some more about this well they're going to probably do some product releases around ces i'm guessing because they haven't had a summit Mm -hmm. and they were already already i just don't see this Sure. Being detailed. There. I mean, I don't know. There might be something in there. But my point is, even if they do give detail on the product, uh, more than has already come out because they, you know, there was a white paper with our spec sheet and stuff. Yeah. Even if they gave more detail, none of us are going to get to test it. And you're not yeah. going to be able to buy it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Not, not yet. Five years in the future, Agreed. maybe they'll get to a point where this is mm. something that, then the thing you buy. Cool stuff. Maybe. One maybe. day. We don't know. We'll see. Allied control showing off immersion cooling at Supercomputing 17. I feel like this is something we talked about. We, we must have just talked about it in the office a little bit or something. Uh, yeah. It's not super new. 
And well, maybe no, don't, like don't you remember it may in, be stuck uh, in your Quake-Con? yeah QuakeCon. That's what's that stuck dude? in your head. No, I mean I thought we talked about we this recently. Talk about this in the office. Yeah, but um, I think it was just in the office, not not on the podcast. Or whatever. Yeah. I love seeing boiling water, which is essentially what this looks like coming off right? of a motherboard. Yeah, this yeah, and the QuakeCon stuff. Phase I do remember change. that was very cool. Yeah. Um, Wait, uh, it's not water. Bitfury bought this company. Who did? Uh, I don't know. That's what it says in the article. Bitfury bought Allied Control. Mm-hmm. Bitfury makes crypto mining ASICs. Bitcoin mining ASICs. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and wow, considering wow. the uh, liquid <sighs> probably costs about 100 bucks a liter. Uh, well, now that Bitcoin's involved, Bitcoin it's going to be $300 a liter. <laughs> Jesus. So what, what's cool about this? What am I looking at? So this is just basically... I see what you did there. Thank you. <laughs> what, what am I looking at? Somebody explain what the hell I'm Phase seeing. Phase change. Phase change. Boiling water. Phase yeah, I got change. it. So, okay. Anyway, it takes a lot more energy to do phase change, and so it, it, it kind of absorbs that, and uh, you're better off. Now, you've got to have some kind of thing to cool the vapor that comes off yeah. so it you know, goes back down. Otherwise, you'd be doing 100% loss of liquid. Which I'm not sure where that is in this demo. It's, like, it it's, would have be, it's right there. there. Oh, is there it is. In that demo. Is it the silver it's, thing? It's, no, yeah, that's it's, the copper things in the back. Yeah, there's, oh, there's, I see. There's okay. uh, cooling coals at the very top. They're just out of I the see. frame. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, this will be hermetically sealed. So it's uh, electrical conducting fluid. And its boiling point is at the point, at, at, right at the point where these processors are kind of at their best yeah, overall efficiency okay. i mean it could be better efficiency with lower but you kind of have to do some trade-offs with uh you know thermodynamics and then the chemical you... properties is is it inert How do, you do what yeah, it's oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like liquid but I like i'm trying to figure out like can you just plug a display board cable in yeah. to the okay yeah, all it's right. not it's not conductive like that's and just... actually if you look up there you can see the wi-fi dongle with <laughs> the green light flashing up there in the corner too Bluetooth would not work very well in this. Just a heads just up. The antenna was. <laughs> Bluetooth does not go through water very well. I don't know about Wi-Fi, but I know Bluetooth does well, not. Well, the antenna, they have the, the the back of what would be the back of the system is near the top. So if there were any of those antennas, they'd be they up, above the out. surface of the well, water. Well, if you look in yeah. the video, there's like a, uh, there's like a Little green Bluetooth one thing. that's flashing right here. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> that's right a Wi-Fi dongle. Yeah, like, that, that yeah, should work. Yeah. Well, I keep saying water, but it's not. It, don't drink it. So this is a hundred dollars a liter. Probably don't. This is probably not like practical for my desktop PC. Yeah, not practical. It would be really yeah. cool though. Every time I see something like this, it reminds me of uh, nope the movie the uh, abyss the abyss right where they breathe the liquid. So the, and I'm the, like there, there was nerds. a guy there was a guy QuakeCon that did this yep. and he had his GPU on a ribbon on an angle. Basically, he did everything he could to make the the system as thin as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. In other words, this is a huge. You know, tank. Yeah. A lot of wasted volume. There's a lot yeah, of wasted yeah. volume in there. But if you can have but your do, GPU sideways. Having, and, but the thing about that is you've got a lot of thermal density with a larger amount of volume. And when right, you're dealing say, with well, that's true seven too. GPUs and a high-end processor, you're going to be utilizing that. I assume the more yeah. fluid density. in there, the more cooling capacity the whole system has, right? It, it's, yes. it's not uh, relevant. It's not relevant here because uh, that dude, it, that's Newtonian physics. No, it's not relevant no, because <laughs> the entire volume of that water is right at the or maybe flash Fahrenheit. point. No, if Josh, if you still blo- have to be able to. You have to change it back. Yeah, you have to change it back. You have no. to be able to remove the heat to recondense. That's true. The liquid. But how many other 
uh, parts in that machine are not causing the phase change, but are in, in uh, are increasing the overall heat of the environment. Oh, sure. But yeah, like, yeah. here's my point. Yeah. And just, so the more volume you have, the greater the thermal density and the better cooling you're going to have. Yes, but right. just by the fact that you have bubbles coming off of all those parts and the so bubbles are not collapsing before they hit the surface. When I'm in the bathtub and I got those bubbles. Are different bubbles. Footage of that. Those are different <laughs> bubbles. Shiny bubbles. Yeah. So if if the liquid <laughs> if that if the rest of that liquid was much cooler than the parts that are boiling off the liquid, yeah. Uh, the bubbles would collapse before they got to the surface. Take it from reactor. Now, you can't really tell from this video, but that is able temperature after running for a while. Ah! And the distance. Damn it. Let's. It, I'm going to put up a light to, for you guys. To do down a, a complex environment into. <laughs> Never mind. Yes. Let's move on. It bubbles shall we? and it cools down. Yes. I like it. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Nick Nupfer, for the, the video. We liked that video. All right, um, so we're not going to do picks of the week, despite the fact that they're on the uh, rundown. Instead, we're going to do we're going to walk through real quick a couple of our highlights of our of our gift guide uh, on the components section. Uh, by the way, I do think this image here is actually pretty cool. If somebody has a key, those keycaps for me, that'd be great. And wh- if you hit the red one, it just randomly orders something from Amazon. You don't need a keyboard button. Sweet, that does that. You do good. that already. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Actually, I'm going to click this link because I don't know if it's the same price anymore. It is. Okay. Oh. The Threadripper 1950X is $799 currently, right? So $200 off of its launch price. Uh-huh. It's 20%. It's Yeah. It's a significant amount. Um, and you can get $70 more if you get approved for the Amazon Prime Rewards Visa card. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> so the top-end multi-threaded processor, $799. Great deal there uh, if you're looking to buy... Uh, into a high-end system, 7700K is down to 287, which is pretty impressive. Even though this is the quad-core part, ugh, only four That's cores, hyper-threaded. You know, I got it. I, got I wanted to pick the 8700 for this, but you couldn't find it. Yeah, it's true. It wasn't available. Yeah, can't recommend it if you can't buy the damn thing. Uh, Ryzen 7 1700 is great at 269. Um, and probably better than the 7700K. Depending on what you're doing. If you're doing multi-threaded yeah. specific stuff, if that's what you're worried about. Yep. Uh, Mori's got a handful of motherboards in there. ROG Strix Z270, uh, MSI X299 Gaming M7 motherboard, which is, you know, there. Uh, there's the uh, Aorus AX370 Gaming 5 motherboard we talked about earlier. That's on the list. And the X399, we've got the ROG Zenith Extreme Uh Threadripper board. Holy mm. jeebs, that's still mm. impressive. One of these sockets is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no joke. No kidding. Uh, for graphics cards, um, I wanted, as I wrote here, I, I was tempted to leave this section blank with a middle finger picture. Yeah. Um, because once again, like cards are really hard to find. They that one's are actually priced. out of stock. Is it cool? Awesome. Yeah. The 1070 Ti Turbo from Asus was 449, which is actual MSRP. Mm-hmm. I was really excited to add it to it. It's apparently gone. Um, and then the 1080 Amp was 549. Uh, I didn't check that one. Uh, just tell me what that one is. And then the RX 580. It's definitely not that price anymore. Definitely not that. went through the roof. Uh, the amp looks like it's sold Jesus. out and used yeah. from 669. <laughs> cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> cool. Story, bro. Don't worry about the RX 580. You can't buy yeah. that one either. Yeah. Uh, but we did find the 850 Evo. This is a SATA drive, 500 yep, yep. gigs, 140 bucks. I think that's still going and for that. It's 149 right now. Oh, Ugh. yeah. 
Uh, it went up a little. Uh, but still not bad. Not, it's, not it's still bad. a good price it's for a drive. Fun. Yeah, I think so. So uh, as we go through my picks, what are the ones that stand out? This uh, Jabra headset is nice. If, you, if you're doing, if you're doing voice calls only. If what you say? Doing telecommuting. <laughs> um, it's not for gaming. Like It's not good audio yeah. to your ears, but it's good audio from your mouth. Mm. Right, relative uh, for a small mic that's portable and it's forty eight dollars. Um, there's screwdrivers here because everybody in this office loses screwdrivers, so I bought a handful of these. I know not of what you speak. Yeah, right. I don't lose anything. Ever. Uh, and then uh, I think this was my pick of the week a few weeks ago. The Star Wars from a certain mm-hmm. point of view, and then this one came up in my feed recently that I bought uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Some stories behind how video games are made. So it's pretty good. Uh, and then I also had the Logitech G810, which is actually like a year old keyboard. This used to be 150 bucks. Now it's 80. That's good. Uh, yeah, that's and it's the Romer G keys. So, you know, it's a little bit different than some people are used to, but I actually really like it a lot. And I still use Romer G keys throughout yeah. this office, really, yeah. for me personally. Uh, RGB gaming, but not like this is when they, they got away from the, the G910 super space futuristic design and just something more straightforward and yep. simple, but still, I think, pretty neat looking. Can any of yours stand out you want to well, mention? My unofficial pick, which I put in there, is buy an LG OLED set because this is the cheapest they'll be for 12 months. Yeah. So do that. Do that now. An LG OLED one. TV. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I realized I hadn't bought a lot of tech this year, so went with some more sure. picks that people might enjoy. Sure. Uh, definitely have an instant read thermometer if you want to do any sort of cooking. Or oh, stab somebody wonderful. and see what their temperature it's, is. You, you have no idea how much you're going to use it until you have one and have one ready. Just check the temperature of everything. Don't ever cook that chicken. Yeah. Dry yeah. it out. Does that bucks. fold in? Yeah, it folds oh, okay. in. Okay. Yeah. All right. It doesn't just sit in your drawer <laughs> to stab with, the belay, with the needle point yeah. sticking out. All right. Folds in. Hey, completely if you waterproof. someone's temperature in a hurry. Exactly. It would instantly read it. Available in a wide yep, variety of colors. Fever. Seem like you got a fever, Alan. Seems distressed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's like your heart rate's going up. Now too. That's <laughs> yeah. weird. Yeah. Does it read your heart rate, or can you just guess what happens after you stab the person with it? You got a Blu-ray here for physical media. Yeah. Josh is going to love it. So if you do buy that 4K TV with HDR, oh, there you go. Pick a Planet Earth two. You obviously need a 4K Blu-ray player, but the Xbox One S has been under two hundred dollars on sale recently. Yeah, which is pretty good. And you get, a, you get a game console out of it that you can do some stuff with. And, you know, it's a pretty good deal. And Planet Earth 2 is amazing looking. Yes. It, I, I would recommend it's absolutely fantastic. Most, it is the perfect piece of content to demo 4K <laughs> and HDR. And then why not get a fancy stainless steel thermos from Japan? That works really well. And you can open with one hand. How so if you're driving that? or something, you can open it with one hand, pick it up, open it with one hand. How much is it? Like $25. For $26. One of those vacuum ones? Yeah. Oh, cool. Double wall vacuum thermos. Does it keep things hot and cold things cold? Absolutely. Those things used to be really, really expensive. Technology. All right, Alan, what do you got? Uh, so uh, I don't know if the price is, has held, but uh, Elgato Camlink. Nope. 30 bucks more. Oh, damn. Free one-day shipping, though. Back to MSRP. Uh, yeah, it's back to MSRP. So these things used to be like 300 bucks not too long ago. Uh, for HDMI to USB 3 in some f- way that you can you know, like use it as a webcam if you wanted to, where you basically import the video into anything. So basically there's a chip in here that takes HDMI source, turns it into essentially emulating a basic generic webcam. Yes. Plugs what's the, what's the actual name of that, Ken? There was a name you said. It was some acronym of the type of device that it shows up as. A webcam? 
W E B cam. There, there was there was different. No, it, <laughs> it literally just shows up under the webcam. Oh yes, yeah, so I agree. But yeah. it's like the, it conforms to some standard that just, got it. You know, so it. The reason I got this is if I'm traveling and need to you know Skype in for a podcast or something, don't want to have to deal with the look up your nose mic in the laptop or or the, look up your nose uh, webcam in the laptop or the really just generally crappy webcam. And I'll usually have my camera with me. It'd be handy to just be able to use the camera as a webcam. So that's what a lot of people do with these things. They'll have an SLR. They want to have a webcam style input. You just use this thing to do it. Sure. Yeah. Um, Handy you know, to have. Other people might want to capture, uh, you know, they're playing games on an Xbox. They want to be able to capture it. You can capture the HDMI. You That's know. true. Can, I mean, does it come? Does it do 1080p? 1080p 60? Yep. And then I guess whatever, so whatever would normally be able to capture that would be able to capture it. Yeah. Yeah, basically. I think that's a waste to send it to Skype, probably, but, you know. Uh, I don't yeah. know if it does 4K 30. No. Okay. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's just... I think they would advertise that if it did. And then your other one is the webcam to go with the Adongle. Yeah, the very expensive uh, webcam. Uh, you, this, was, this was your pick. Uh, I made that pick like too. a few weeks ago, yeah. yeah. So you can just... All right. Oh, Sony RX10 RX Mark, Mark IV. IV. And I also, at the bottom of that pick, I said, hey, by the way, like the RX10 Mark III is $500 cheaper... Yeah, that camera. that's and, probably a better idea. And probably, if you're okay with eBay, there's probably some folks that upgraded, like myself, and are you know might be putting the Mark III on the market. Keep it, Wink. There's still nothing wrong with that camera. It's just a little bit slower and doesn't have phase. Don't detect. even get me started about Sony's camera selling practices. They keep they keep the old models in the market. So you can true. buy the RX 10 Mark 1, 2, 3, and 4, all that, like, if you walk into Best Buy. Do you think yeah. they're still manufacturing them, or do they know. just, like, make too many, either. and now they're on a shelf It kind of seems like they might still have to be at some point, because you can still get a lot of these yeah. old well, cameras. What you have to realize is the Mark 1 and 2 is a different model than the 3 and 4. Exactly. It's a different Make lens. it nice and easy on the consumers. Yeah. You can buy them annoying. all currently yeah. for different price points. Oh, so it's not just that it allows you sensor and they downbend it. No, yeah, it's, this is a one. Yeah, and the, which sucks because if you want the type of lens that's on the Mark II, you're basically stuck with a two and a half year old camera technology because mm. the, you know even though that lens like would work on the new ones, but you can't. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Right? Uh, all right, Josh. <laughs> Me. Shocking. Thrust racing. Shocking that it's a racing one. You know, I, I, I'm uh, finishing up the review on this one, and it really is the best for the price mm-hmm. racing wheel and uh, base that, that I have used. 350 it's, for it's a about professional. It's as powerful as the uh, Fanatec yeah. CSL Elite, but it's uh, far more sensitive and uh, subtle in, in its feedback than uh, the previously you know mentioned CSL. But uh, it was originally, I think, a $530 product, and now you can get it for $349. So that's a pretty significant uh, decrease in price. And uh, for what you get, you're going to probably have this thing for quite some time. It's going to be well-supported, and I think it still is $349 on Amazon. But it's a fantastic piece of kit if you like to do racing. Very cool. What else you got? I don't know. Scroll I, down. I think you made this a pick before too, though. Previously, but yeah, uh, right now it's it's above seventy five bucks. But okay. these go on sale quite often. Yeah. And uh, the thing about pressure cookers is pressure cookers used to be really dangerous. If you were brave, 
Google pressure cooker accidents and uh, <laughs> you'll see what, uh, you know, improperly used pressure cookers will do to you. This has a bunch of safety features in there Filled with nails. that you should not have these kind of accidents. It's got all kinds of pre-programmed things for, you know, stew, rice, cake, cheesecake, for God's sakes. Everything you could possibly do uh, with the pressure cooker. Uh, there's tons of recipes out there. And if you can get it on sale again for 75 bucks, that is an awesome deal. All right. Next. Yeah, you got to have storage. SSD. Uh, 249 is still pretty high. For, I mean, we, we've seen it lower. Yeah. Previously. Like $3 I think lower? I bought mine for 200 yeah, over but the no, summer. No, I'm talking about like 226 back in, in uh, Q2. Oh, okay. I think I bought but, mine for uh, 200 you know, They've gone up in price, but you know what? If you've never experienced NVMe, you need to do so because it's amazing. As they say, once you go NVMe. Yeah, then you'll never go something. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. And my last and final pick, this thing is bulletproof. I may have done this some time ago. Do not take that literally. Do not wear it as the best. But I've had this same keyboard for 10 years. And it still works. And it still feels good. Gross. And it's only 43 bucks. Yeah. And it's got all kinds we of have, We have a ton of Logitech keyboards here that I feel like we've had for five years or more of those wireless kits. They uh, still work. And they're, yeah, they still work. I mean, we're not, we're also not like writing books on them. Yeah, that's true. They're used for testing. So, all right. But yeah, this is super comfortable and it's a solid build. And, you know, it's been around for ages and it's great. Also, not really solid gold. No, we're done. Uh, Mori recommends you buy your love fit one Swift tick Apogee uh, water blocks uh, and colored adapters and uh, GPU water blocks and uh, coolant. Don't buy that for children who might think it's a cool beverage. However, uh, Don't Jeremy put it in Ken's uh, cooler either. Yeah, Jeremy, what did you buy? <laughs> well, yeah, I picked up a Roku last year, and I just love the buddy thing because I can unplug it from the TV, haul it anywhere I get to that's got Wi-Fi and continue watching whatever Netflix or YouTube I was when I left the home. They've upgraded uh, with some new firmware and a brand new bunch of software, which is uh, at least in the U.S. offering live TV and a bunch of the extra stuff that we uh, sort of covered when we were talking about Plex. Yep. But one of the new models offers 4K uh, support. So if you're picking up Ken's brand new 4K uh, HDR TV, this is a perfect thing to plug into it. Fair and enough. it's cheap. At 70 bucks, it's it's cheaper than the Shield. Yeah, that's true. No argument. Yeah. Everything uh, you've supports also, Roku. I've also got the Logitech webcam <laughs> C920, a classic but reliable yep. camera. I, I mean, that's what we've been using here for how many years now? Like either I a 910 like or a 920? I think 100. I, I'm convinced yeah. there are no other webcams in the world. Just the C910 <laughs> no, these, and C920. This is the only thing that will buy. <laughs> And considering up here in Canada, they're about 70 bucks. I think down in the States, I saw them for 55 60 It's just don't buy anything else. Like These things are just what a webcam is supposed to do, and it does it perfectly. And as I mentioned, it doesn't come with silly apps that make you into a dog or various other no. silly things. You have to, the you other have to ones. download those so. now. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, uh, of course, you got to go play outside occasionally, right? It's true. So this Parrot comes with a 720p camera. Uh, it includes the fairly cheap sort of uh, VR goggles. 
and it only costs 150 bucks. So when you eventually do fly it into something and it dies, you're not going to be quite as upset as if you paid for a five for $600 one. It looks super easy to do. Um, you can also control it uh, via your phone so you can give a friend those VR goggles and see if you can make them airsick. <laughs> Because, you know, who doesn't want to do that? That's true. That's and it is also going to work if you want to jump into uh, drone racing. So, hmm. a lot right. of fun. And last but not least, Alex, well, let's see. Sebastian picked, uh, uh, what do we got here? A DAC of some kind. Is that what that is? Yep. Yep. Uh, some Audio-Technica headphones uh, and the HyperX Alloy keyboard. Alex, you have uh, some <clears throat> powered battery backups here it's a couple yeah. different options you're gonna spend all this money all this gear make sure it's protected that's all i say that to. all the time I say yeah. it all the time <laughs> i mean <laughs> how many of those do you own right uh we have a lot of these now probably oh, okay, probably like six or seven of them here in the off five maybe five or six of them in the office between six? the small ones and the big ones uh-huh. yeah i think some of these exact yeah these yep. exact ones is is what we bought Got four. Was it last Black Friday? (laughs) Yeah, it was. Where I bought two of them and I should have bought like six of them instead or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like six of them. I think I only bought two and then I went to go buy more and they were like literally $100 more expensive. That's that's what happened this year. The the price on those jumped. Yeah. So, okay. Now it's back up to $215. Damn it. Oh. Wasn't paying attention to your camel, camel, camel alert. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Get ready. You're right. Uh, And then also. Dash cam. Mine's been indispensable. Does it record to SD? Is that what it does? Yep. I actually just had a file a police report off mine a couple weeks ago from an altercation with someone. Uh-oh. Did you get out of your car and get into a fight, Alex? No, they got in a fight before I got there, but I came up on a fight on the side of the road. Oh, I and see. Then the guy drove off, and here's the video. Oh, here's his plate. Oh, he's arrested now. Great. Mm. Hopefully it was an anonymous tip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Semi. <laughs> All right, everybody, that is going to be it for us this week. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. Uh, I may or may not be here. Alan will be here. Alex will be here. I don't think Ken will be here. No. Ken and I probably won't be here. I don't know. We might. We'll see. Maybe we'll Skype in. You never know. What do you think latency is like to Hawaii? It's probably pretty high. About a half a second. Yeah? Yeah. That's a long latency for a Skype call. You've done it before. Yeah. Yeah. Did I? Yeah, I remember you did some podcast when you're out on the balcony with the leg. Uh, like yes, the that was drink. like six years ago. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hey, and if the technology could do it six years ago, you nothing, everything's time. only gotten exactly. better. Should be less than yeah, seconds. Everything has gotten so much better this year. If it's not hopping off a satellite, it should be. All right. That's it for us, everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh, PCPro.com slash podcast is where you can go find all the information and links and stuff and subscribes and RSSs and videos and show notes. That's it. Bye, everybody. I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Hallstrom. I'm Josh Walworth. And I'm Alan Valentano. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>